Hey everyone, welcome back to the Devil's Advocates podcast. I'm JP. I'm here with Andrew and Jake today. Um, oh oh my god! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, Jake is Jake is missing from video. Too many um, people complained about me doing stuff without uh, you know saying anything for our viewer, and so now I was banished to the shadow realm. Right, right. Of course. So uh, two games in, guys. How are we feeling? Three out of four. Pretty worse. good. I'm not feeling Obviously, that you're not feeling that great? I'm not feeling that great. Okay, I like that because maybe we can argue, and that's a lot more fun than last episode where we just all agreed on everything. <laughs> did you? I didn't listen. I don't care about you guys. I didn't listen either. It's okay, <laughs> did I put up there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too not too happy with uh, how things looked. All right, do you want to overall thoughts? uh for game by game or are we just do you want to jump right into just the the whole thing together i was just going to start with the first game um okay that's fine i thought we were pretty ugly especially in the first um thought we started out super slow uh i thought the nico line was invisible the entire time other than that i, I have no real strong opinions of it i have a bunch of notes down from the home opener i kind of on the way on the way home i wrote some things down but um, overall, Vitek was really good. He's probably the main reason why we won the game. Other yeah. than the Red Wings kind of whiffing on two or three chances, like with literal wide open nets in the early early of the game. Um, I should have been down two or three. Um, Alex Holtz was a huge topic, talking point coming into the season. I thought he, he, I mean, he didn't get on the score sheet, but I thought he was maybe one of the best forwards on opening night. Um, he also did some zone entries, which is definitely not his game, but I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, yeah, and then the obvious uh, Jack's MVP campaigns just underway. He, he didn't. He got off the hot start with the goal from behind uh, behind the net, and then made Jilly on the second one to put us up. I think it was two one at the time. So, I mean, overall pace of play wasn't great, but I know a bunch of us, like everyone who's on the pod, is a uh, process over results kind of guy. But the process was ugly, but for where we're at in the team's arc. I'm happy with the results because I know the process is probably going to figure itself out one way or another. Yeah, so uh, a couple points. I'd say I mostly agree with Andrew uh, with one uh, linguistics caveat of I think the reason we didn't lose was Vanacek, but the reason we won was Jack. That's fair. I know. I, I yeah, I can't argue with that. Jack had, has has hard carried the offense through two games. Uh, and then I'll say, JP, with you being upset at our game as a whole, with a lot of guys slumping that we don't necessarily expect to, the fact that we still took three out of four actually has me optimistic. Yeah, uh, that's that's of... absolutely fair. Can't really like, agree with that. Yeah, we know Jack is doing a lot of heavy lifting here, but I'll be honest, I you know I don't maybe expect him to average two and a half points a game all season. Uh, maybe, probably not, but uh, I expect him to go over a point per game, right? I, I think we all are very, very confident in over a point per game for Jack. So I really don't see him, even if he slumps away a game or two, even three, You know, he's going to make up for that in spades like he's already started this season. Yeah. And I think when our other, what's supposed to be our, you know, uh, 
rocket line of Nico Timo plus whoever it ends up being right now. It seemingly is going to be Palat. Uh, was Mercer, and we've both seen it with Holtz, but whoever that ends up being the most long-term or if it's just fit and plug all season, uh, the fact that Jack's line, even when Brat wasn't playing the best the first game, Jack still popped off. And then when Brat did find his footing here in the second game, both of them were like, yeah, we'll just do all the offense with us too. That's fine. Yeah, uh, and then Dougie's still looking solid. So I kind of said this leading into the games. We have so much firepower that even if a couple of the top guns are slumping. It we should have enough to make up for that, and the other guys carrying the weight in those games. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. kind of what what really good teams do too. Is you know even when they don't play well, they still win. You know, just yep. fueled by high end firepower. Exactly, and so that's what has me feeling confident because we really have not looked our best. And even looking, I don't know, maybe what would you say? This has been like what sixty percent, if you if you want to be semi optimistic on it, like that, this is our team finding. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a sixty percent. I'm counting like... this with Jack and okay. Brat looking, like Jack looking MVP level is hard carrying that number. Yeah. But even then, you know, it, if Nico and Timo even slightly figure this out soon, that that feels really good. And the defense also, on the whole, outside of I I would say uh, Siegs and Dougie, who makes the most sense. Um, for who should be playing the best. Two guys that have been playing together now for over a full season, both returning guys to the system, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they don't really have much adjustment. They should just be firing in all cylinders for the most part. Uh, and even then, I don't think they've been playing their absolute best outside of Dougie producing. Um, no, I think they had a poor game against Arizona. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, it, I really liked I mean, Siegenthaler in the first game. Uh, I thought not so much against Arizona, he was not good, yeah. Yes, no, I, I will agree there. Um, so yeah, that's that has me feeling optimistic. I don't see Jack falling off. Uh, I even Brack going between games one and two. If we kind of get that yo-yo effect with him, that's still plenty good enough for what he's being paid and what we need yeah. from him. And really, it's there's no we all know there's no way Nico and Timor are this for 82 games, right? There's just hopefully not. no, no, no. There's no way. You're a stats guy. You look at the analytics. No, I know, I know. There's, there's years of um, data showing that these guys... Um, and one thing, you know, for anyone that didn't watch the morning show on it, uh, Timo last year, right? I would say on the whole, we would say it was a pretty good year for him, even being in San Jose. Yeah, two, at... yeah, two points in his first nine games. Didn't score his first goal till the 10th game, and he still scored over 40. or like, Yeah, over 40, right? He had 41? Or he hit just 40? I thought he hit exactly 40. I think... Yeah, so 40 goals, whatever. Still hit 40. Same difference, yeah. Didn't score the first one until 10 games in and had nobody to work with. Now, that being said, you know, he doesn't look to be on the absolute top power play unit. He's not the guy, so I can definitely see the goals taking a step back because of that. But he should still be a pretty safe 30-goal guy, so... I mean, from what yeah. you're paying from him, he's through two games, he's a 30.6% expected goal share, which is not good. Obviously, not that's good. really bad. Yeah. Um, I know he's playing a lot of left wing right now, and line rushes this morning, uh, Palat's on the right side. I don't really agree with that. I think a lot of his time last year and in San Jose was on the right, where he was like a 57% share of goals or higher, and now he's on the left. Yeah, yeah I'm mean, not. last year I thought he was on the left side too, and I don't really, I don't know if that affected his statistical I profile. The, I think in the playoffs a little bit when 
it was Mercer with him and Jack. He was on the left and Mercer was on the right, but I think when he played with Nico, it was more on the right. I mean, I could be forgetting, but right. that's just again, that's just the note that I noticed. I know a lot of his success comes from off the right, and he's playing left currently and right. very clearly not going very well. I think as a whole, that's kind of been our, our worst line, no doubt about it, right? Yeah, he's the second worst forward, and the only one worse is Nate, and he's only played one game, right. but he was way worse, so. Right. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about it. I mean, if he feels more natural on the right, I'm sure that would have and would be communicated to the coaches. Uh, if he feels fine on the left or they think that's the best usage of him, it's still only two games. He can get flipped around. I'm not worried about which wing he's on, really. Uh, as far as his you know, expected goals, uh, he's, he's definitely not been that great. And even that being said, he's definitely had some chances, uh, but definitely nowhere near as many as you would expect for a line with him and Nico on it. Right. That being said, he's played his entire career outside of a handful of games now um, with San Jose. He was used to being the guy there. And when you have that comfortability uh, within an organization, even when new guys come in, you know your role and spot within that team and within your line. Even if you're playing with the different uh, line mates, there's still that comfortability factor. Uh, so I am giving Timo a decent amount of runway to start this year. I'm not even talking just 10 games. I'm probably talking a good 20, 21 games. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to take him 21 games to score a goal or something, all right? But, like, for him to start showing that Timo level of dominance of tilting the ice that we've seen out of him, because, again, he was pretty much the play driver, the trigger man for his line, um, and he put himself into that, you know, years and years in San Jose. He's now on a line with a guy who is arguably just as good, if not better, of a driver with Nico. So them two figuring out exactly who's handling the bulk or what's our set plays in transition with us two plus presumably more of a passenger third guy with them. Uh, what's, what is our transition place together? Who's more of the behind the net guy? Because both of them, I think, were the behind the net guy on their lines now for years. Yeah. They both you don't typically need sure. both of them on that line doing that. Right. No. So I you think it's going to take, it, take them a little bit to truly adjust. And I'm okay with a little bit of um, growing pains for them, especially early on here. You know, especially when we're gonna have Jack, you know, basically full on carrying the offense on his own. You can kind of let those growing pains happen. So, um, yeah, no argument. Timo's been our one of, if not our worst forward, uh, especially for what we expect from him. But I don't think he needs to be. You know, I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. No, I don't think it's anything to worry about, but. I, I feel this way, and I'm sure a lot of other people do. If you are the second highest paid player on the team, yes, it's only two games, but you would like to see a little bit more. Again, you don't want to overreact too soon because it's only two games in and you have three or four points, but you're probably expected to be the second best forward on the team, even though Nico might end up with more points because Timo's more of a goal scorer, not, more of a, not much of an assist there. But you'd like to see a little bit more for sure. But overreaction, no. Yeah, if Timo's outside of the top five at the end of the season for points, uh, you know, maybe we can have a discussion at that point. But I, I don't care if he's even middle of the pack, twenty games in. To be honest, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super concerned about it yet. Um, he definitely has not looked good. That line has definitely not looked good. But like, throughout the course of the season, I don't think it's going to be an issue. But for the like immediate future, I am concerned about it. 
right it's not a problem because like we talked about the last episode and jake alluded to it earlier it's like if one line's going you can afford one exactly. line to not be on it which is again not ideal and obviously you want them clicking way down like way further down the line in the playoffs but for now it's it's okay it's fine mm-hmm. like you're getting by three or four points like you're good and they have multiple days of practice next week because they want to play twice next week so a little bit more a little bit more time in practice to get more acclimated with whatever they they're trying to do yeah i did i did think they were generally a little bit at least to my eye test i don't think the statistics actually back this up but i did think they were a little bit more in sync against the coyotes than they were in detroit or against detroit um again i don't think the analytics back that up but i think they they were getting a little bit more comfortable together which is to be expected but yeah it'll take a little bit more time yeah and again the long season whatever they'll get used to it but yeah i think the other part of it is um and this is me really digging deep and trying to read between some lines uh straight up uh so maybe a little tinfoily but i think mercer holtz i think had a pretty good preseason right i think mercer was bumped up with nico to have some already built-in chemistry to then let Timo get better acclimated. Because we also know Nico, Timo struggled in preseason as well. Like even with Holzer that we think uh, isolated played pretty well, that line as a whole produced a, you know, a few goals, but definitely was nowhere near as dominant as you would expect a Nico Timo line to be even in preseason. You could see that there was some synergy issues and them still trying to figure it out. I could see Mercer getting bumped up there to be with Nico so that there was two guys that had played a decent amount from the previous season together gives Timo a chance to kind of acclimate. And then I think that really fell apart because Mercer definitely did not look like the Mercer we know. And again, I think it might've been a bit more of it's three guys that just weren't quite sure what the other ones wanted to do within the line. Yeah. I, I know I'm, I know I'm kind of a stats guy, but, and, and that Timo is again, has the worst statistical profile so far of any forwards, but I thought that Mercer looked completely lost. The entire yeah. time. Yeah, that's not Mercer's game. Yeah, he's like there's this like notion that he's like a great play driver and like great two way defect two way. He's not there no. yet. That's not his game. It's like Nico getting the defensive love before he was actually a selfie finalist. Right. Like he's not there yet. And I don't know if I love the third line. We'll get into lines later of with him, Holland Holtz. I don't know how I feel about that. Like we'll see how it works out. But Yeah, I got my well, I got my demons with that one. Yeah. But we'll get uh, into that later. But yeah, no, I don't. Mercer optically didn't look that great. I don't. I agree with that. Right. Yeah. So when that whole line, you got Timo or Timo Nico being like disastrous in the faceoff circle, which that's, we're that's not very accustomed to, and then you got two wingers who just are all out of sync, and Nico's not playing his absolute best either. You can kind of see why. It did not feel great. And I think even all that being said, I still think they were... Were they even on the ice for a goal against at all? No, I don't, right? know, they, I don't, I don't think they, so. They yeah. No, I don't know, but they weren't doing, they weren't well, doing anything good while they were out there. We also only gave up one 5v5 goal in these two games. Yeah. So, sure. again, yeah. it's like, we're going to get really nitpicky because we have such high expectations on this team given the talent on it, but it's like, we gave up one five-on-five goal in two games, plus an over... Well, overtime's obviously not five-on-five, but... Yeah, one five-on-five goal in two games. Everything else has been um, desynced, whether it was uh, pulled goalie-type uh, six-on-four situation, five, 
five on four penalty kills, uh, all that is you take. You know, I'll take one five on five goal against. So, yeah, it, we can you know nitpick across, but all their games, uh, tearing them apart. But I really don't think it's more so or just our expectations uh, are so high, and you know we're looking for things to be like what where are we that best team in the league yeah and it's it's that line finding its game and then everything else well and then the defense needs to also kind of figure it out right so i don't know if maybe we want to move into the defense a little bit before we go into the new forward lines yeah or... uh yeah we we definitely could uh i think brendan smith needs to sit for colin miller i think that needs uh, to be step one yeah i said i said, I said that on the like the first episode before the season started, it was like yeah. he could very well play himself out of the rotation with a stupid penalty goal or whatever. To the stupid penalty late in Arizona, a game where you didn't deserve to win and you were in a position to do so. Again, I don't know if I agree with the call. I forget if it was like a trip, interference, cross check, and whatever. I know it was like right on the devil's blue line, and he caught he got caught by uh, Coyote. Yeah. And then I mean Logan Cooley credit to him on the power play that was a disgusting pass to set up Schmaltz. So. I that mean, kid's going to be, just as an aside, that kid's going to be so fucking good. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to... Don't have to no, dude, I'm ball. absolutely milking Cooley while I can, dude. He's going to be so good. Yeah, he had a really strong game. But, yeah, I know Miller is in the doghouse with a lot of people, and rightfully so, I guess. He didn't have the strongest preseason, but again, like we alluded to, like the Dells having it's like a really weird defensive system. He's definitely better than Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith, for all his faults, is a decent defender off the rush, which is how the Devils play, so I can see why he's playing. And again, Ruff, I think, just likes him a lot. And I guess pairing him, like the veteran with Luke, I guess is another thing that they look, they like to look at, but I'd probably have Colin Miller playing. You, you trade for him, you gave up NASA, you might as well try and figure it out with him. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I've been saying over and over I would prefer Miller over Smith. Uh, I also completely understand having a guy that is still acclimating to the system. I, I really, your 6D shouldn't be make or break or anything. And to be honest, I thought Smith had one of the better games of our defensemen outside of the penalty. But I feel like we say that a lot with Smith where it's like, wow, he's actually doing pretty good. He threw a nice hit, good yeah. body check, displacing guys from the puck. Can actually uh, not drive offense, but at least seems decent enough for as a bottom pairing D-man. And then he takes the worst penalty, not even the worst penalty, but takes a penalty, and of course he gets scored against. Right. It's it's the timing of it, which makes it hurt a lot worse. Like, if it's like you're up 2-1 and it's like the middle of the second and they score, it's like, okay, you have an entire game. But it's like, it's, you seemingly have the game in the bag for how in the bag a game could be with like six minutes left and probably mom was left in the game. Again, the game you didn't serve to win, but you were in the position to do so. And then you do that, and then they score. And then he was out there late in the game again too. He was in, he closed the game with ball, on um, ball in the in the Detroit game. I don't know where Marino is or Siegenthaler is closing out these games, but I definitely don't want Brendan Smith doing that. Um, yeah, um, I want Colin Miller in there. I don't know what it's going to take at this point. Maybe like I said earlier, we have a whole like a long week of practice that they can get him more acclimated. Maybe you see right. him come in on the on their game. I don't think, well, I mean, based on line rushes this morning, he, Miller's not going to check in. It looks like it's going to be Luke and Smith again, but... Right. Yeah. I also I also kind of have a problem with that. I think... I know they looked good in preseason, but I think 
I think Ball needs to go back to the third pair, and I think Luke needs a little bit more time on ice. Okay, next like, so to Marino. Right. So sorry, just the profile of yeah, Smith yeah. here at thirty-four percent goal share at five-on-five. Five. So it's not even like he's playing that well. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on uh, bumping Luke up. I think it was a no-brainer to put Ball there. With uh, yeah. the way he played in preseason, it, yeah. like you just had to, yeah. you had to do it. And I think now coming into this season, um, he hasn't been as like dominant as he was, and he's not been like awful, right? But it's just he was legitimately looking like like a top line defenseman yeah. in the preseason. So I was like, okay, yeah, no, put him on, put on the second pair. But no, um, the defense needs some sort of shakeup. Again, it's only two games, but. This is where you experiment. I, Ruff even said it in the post-game practice. It's early. This is the time to really experiment. And he's it's rough. He's going to experiment all season with lines anyway. But I'd like to see Luke bumped up. I also don't think it's the biggest disaster if he's not. I would like to see Miller this next game. But I'm sure it's going to be Smith. Then, like Andrew was saying, a bit more extended practice time. And then I would really like to see Miller after that. Unless Smith is like a world beater in this last game. Which I don't expect. But right. maybe. Um so, yeah, I think the defense needs a shake-up. I'd like to see Miller brought in. Um, I mean, at least we got Dougie doing Dougie things. That has been that has been mwah to watch. Yep. That's great. And uh, otherwise, again, only one 5-on-5 five five goal against. How much am I really going to actually complain? Sure, the advanced analytics are not the best, are as good as we are used to, uh, basically always out-shooting every other team and being like, what 55 plus Corsi for like almost every game last year pretty much so i'm fine with it we got uh, a decent amount of, amount of new faces it's basically basically a new face on every line right actually um outside of seeds kind of. and dougie and then arguably ball but i don't think he ever played with marino last year no yeah, it is technically a new face on every line right tyler i'm counting timo as essentially a new face yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Yeah, for the sake. Slight stretch, maybe, but then, you know. And then I think our fourth line has been fine for our fourth line. I thought Nosek was su surprisingly really good. Yeah, me too. I have no problem. Oh, yeah, I thought he had line. his best couple games in the regular season. I didn't think he was very good preseason. I think he's had yeah. his best two games regular season. Um, yes, do you guys want to talk then about uh, the – or did you guys want to go over anything else specific from the games before we go into practice lines from today? Crowd was electric. Crowd was well, who was electric? The crowd? Oh, oh. oh crowd. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that home opener? Yeah. yeah at least that's where I was at. The atmosphere before the game, the whole uh, uh, beer alleyway, beer garden, whatever you want to call it, is awesome. Awesome, awesome. I missed out on that one. I got uh, late because of my train. My for train those like... who haven't gone, uh, I'm assuming they're going to do this for every home game. Uh, it's my understanding. It wasn't just a home opener thing. Um, both American Whiskey and Reds have tables set up out front. Now, this might have been a uh, home opener only thing, but they also had basically outdoor bars uh, that had like very minimal stock, but uh, outside spots where you can grab stuff. And it was the entire street corner and everything set up. Um, what, basically like a half city block almost where you could just be outside and drink and be inside and drink and outside and eat. And it was just everyone co mingling together. And it's just. Devil's jerseys basically everywhere, and it was awesome, awesome, awesome uh, atmosphere and time. And then, obviously, inside sold-out arena for the home opener was brazy. 
Yeah, that was it was nuts, and the crowd was phenomenal. Yeah, the crowd was unreal. <laughs> Jack already got his first MVP chance of the season. Yeah, and it was like after yep. his second goal. Yeah, yeah, the crowd the crowd was great. If you were there on Thursday, good job. Yeah, oh, I did this on my morning show, but shout out to the guy who recognized me. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> literally before I even walk into the con- uh, into the square. Like, literally set my first step on the sidewalk, arriving around the arena. Guy points me down and goes, hey, I recognize you from the podcast and your morning show. I'm like, what? <laughs> For the record, nobody else said anything. It was just literally the first guy that saw me, and then, <laughs> then nobody else after that. But it was still pretty cool. Hey, I said I recognized you. Yeah, you don't count. Huh, well, that's fair. Um, I think I, I think I skeeved Andrew out when uh, when I first saw him. At the yeah, game. you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so so I sat in one eleven. I was at the the very top of the section. JP I think was like three or four rows in front of me, and I knew he was in the arena because I think he said he saw Jake like a little bit earlier. He was like texting their group or whatever, and I was just sitting there like mind my own business, looking at my phone, trying to refresh Twitter, or whatever. And then <laughs> I don't know where behind me. If you're on YouTube, you'll see. But like. He like went like this with his hands, like basically like, scratched my head, like, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And I turned around, like, "Oh my god, it's you!" I thought it was like some completely random person. If we didn't meet like two years ago or whatever, and didn't do this, but we like knew who each other were, I'd be like, "Dude, what is like, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly the reaction I was hoping for too. Yeah, no, but it, it was good to see you. Um, good to see Jake too. Yeah, uh, it was good to see the up. boys. Yeah, we met up outside and. Uh, beer alleyway or whatever but vibes were really good glad that we came out with the win definitely didn't look like we were going to but yeah uh the boys the boys pulled out the boys pulled out for us yeah i mean again another another positive just to finish up on the the games a little bit more um two come come back almost two victories yeah down one goal and then down two goals and now you know obviously jack hard carried that but that's what you get from your superstar, right? I mean, it's not like the Leafs are complaining about back-to-back hat tricks from Matthews. So, a real positive spin you can put on two, well, one really bad performance and one subpar performance is that you had three and four points, and a huge question mark coming into the season was goaltending, and the goaltending was the reason why you probably got two more points than you probably should have at yeah. a minimum. Vancheck was good. I thought Schmidt was good. I thought, yeah, I thought Vanacek was really, really good. Um, Schmid was like, Schmid was a little bit, I think he saved like less than one goal above expected, um, if that. But like, that's all we really need. Yeah. Yeah. Baseline, just average goaltending, and then the occasional goalie steps up, takes control, and gives us two points. Yeah, did the scrap work like right before the season starts? Like, if Vanchek is like slightly below average, like point negative point nine nine or higher, like we win like basically almost every game. Yeah, and he was better than that, so we won. So right, he was. Yeah, good. and we probably won the Schmidt game if Vegmelka wasn't uh, insane. Yeah, so, yeah, he well, made he made a few giant saves. The Arizona game was was a tough one because I had three Coyotes playing on my fantasy team. I had Vimelka, Schmaltz, and then I picked someone up for hits and blocks. I have Nick Schmaltz, and he scored a power play goal at the end. I was like, "It's your fault." It's your fault. I was like, "That's bad," but like, if we come up with the victory at the end, like, I'll be good. But (laughs) that opening game was so amazing for me. Uh, Jack Hughes on the fantasy team and Debrinket 
Mm. Yeah. I got Timo. Yeah. That's that's I have Timo. Yeah. Who left you with that guy? No. <laughs> I take credit for anything good on your team. You're all the best. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess um, I don't really have too much else from the games. We kind of touched on each of the lines. Goalies were great. Defense, meh. Work to be done, for sure. Uh, yeah. And Jack Hughes is legitimate MVP conversation right now, although Austin Matthews probably has the leg up on everyone at the moment. But And then Gino. Yeah. And then yeah, Gino. No, I, mean, I don't see him continuing that. I can see Austin Matthews continuing this, though, but... Uh, 246 goals. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, he's going to pot 200 this year, dude. He's going to take a step back, uh, only get 200 goals this year. Right, right. No, all right, lines from today. Uh, it was only one swap, technically, right? So. Yeah, Plot swapped up with Mercer on the first line, so it's Meyer, Nico, Plot. The TBH line stays the same. And then Mercer, Holland, on Holtz. And then Nosek is day-to-day. Doesn't look like he's playing tomorrow. Maybe we'll see in the morning, but... Right, yeah, probably Lazar now... or Nosek for the yeah. injury. Which is so it'd be Lazar, Mikey, and Nate. Um, just a little note I looked up before we started. Mercer and Holland played about like 270 minutes last year, and they were just above break even on the expected goal share. So take that for honestly. What you know. That's my fun. my Lindy line blender uh, mind was working at it after the loss, and I was like, "What craziness could he pull that would still somewhat make sense?" But I could slightly meme about, but uh, it didn't come fully to fruition. But I thought we were gonna get a uh palat nico which we got but then mercer i think i'm gonna line and oh no no i'm sorry no 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 i take that back even crazier it was gonna be um palat nico holla flip mercer to center with timo and holtz for the true lindy line blender of splitting up nico (laughs) timo I would have hated that so much. Dude, I, I hate that. <laughs> Nico would have been the line driver. Timo was the line driver. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't have liked it. I want, Like I said, I want to give Nico and Timo a ton of runway. <laughs> but I was like, what could he do? And then we could have had our true Nico is a 3C uh, meme. <laughs> but not yet, anyway. Not yet. I really wanted to see Holtz on that top line. Yeah. I'm Badly. just... Happy he didn't yep. get taken out because that was there was some discourse around that. It's like, oh, he's just gonna take him out. And I was like, I could probably see it considering he doesn't like him, but it's good to see him stick in there because I do think he had yeah. a strong couple games, even though he didn't get on the score sheet. I agree. I thought he was really, really good. Um, he probably deserves the top line spot over Meyer right now, which is painful to say. I think he could have, should have had at least a point or two mm-hmm. just based on, um, high danger chances either be through him or that he set up. Uh, and it really felt like he was a step ahead of Hala and Palat a lot. Like mm-hmm. He was thinking the game quicker. It was handling it quicker than both of them. Uh, so interesting. I agree. Uh, you know, if you listen to the morning show at all, Holtz with Mercer would have been my go-to, my preferred line mix-up, uh, just switching those guys. Palat instead for Mercer, um, fine, I guess. Um Maybe that's Lindy telling Nico and Timo, hey, don't worry so much about the wall grind battles below the net and at the midboards. But to me, it's still just another three guys that are going to probably have to figure it out on who's filling in kind of their roles within that line. We've also seen Mercer and Holtz together before. I believe really the only time was like the prospect challenge, though. 
yeah. and that was with Mercer at center, and they look dynamo together. But um, now it's Mercer at the wing with Halla at center and them too. So I mean, I'm intrigued by that line. I think yeah, you have you can have at least one natural, non-natural left winger playing left wing because Halla's on that line. So it is what it is. You know, the more I look at it, though, the less I hate it. I don't I mind the fun. third I... line as much as I mind the first line. Agreed. I actually think Halla Mercer Holtz has potential of being a really great third line. Yeah. I just want Pala and Myers flipped. That's all I really want. Pala on the right. Well, like what wing they're playing? Yeah. Eh, well, like I, I don't said, really I don't think know. it makes that much of a difference. Uh, yeah, whatever. Like it, like it might, but like I don't, you know. Minimal. Yeah. Minimal impact. Sure. Okay, that's fair. I just um, think it's going to be like I think that line is not that they're slow players, but I just feel like they're going to play a type of game that the Devils sh- shouldn't be playing. Where I feel like they're going to, I feel like they're going to kind of resort to dump and chase. Because they are good players on the boards, and they all definitely know that. But I feel like that's not the kind of system that works best for you know under Lindy. Yeah, I really think uh, maybe this was uh, I. I don't know about you guys, but I actually don't trust my eye test as much when I'm at a game versus when I'm home watching. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am 50-50 here, right? Two game, two game sample with one being at the game. Uh, it did not feel like Timo had a ton of zone entries through him. He didn't. Right? At all, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, I don't know the inner workings or what him and Nico determined to be the best for them, but I personally think that line should drive through Timo on the transition yep. and let Nico get to work in zone. I'm good with Nico doing the work in zone. But let the transition go through Timo. And then obviously, you know, Nico there is the fallback if they are hard matching Timo on transition or whatever. But uh, I think he should he should handle the puck a lot more um, than he has been, at least through these two games. Okay. Yeah, that'll come with, yeah, that'll come in time more because, I mean, Jack and Brett, you kind of see them work off each other really well. And then Nico and Meyer eventually will be the same, not to the same effect as the other two because the other two are like two of the best in the league. But... Nico and Meyer are definitely more than capable of doing that, but that is something yeah. that'll probably just work itself out over time. So it's stay the course. Don't don't rip them away each other. Don't rip them away from each other because it will work and you're gonna need them to work. So Yeah. I I I don't know. I feel like the reason that they kept Timo and Jack separate are because they both kind of need to be the guy on their lines. And Timo's absolutely not being the guy on his line right now. And that is probably why he's having some level of struggle. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to touch on just the Palat with Nico, Timo, a bit more. Uh, I can see it working. Just guys that will grind away at him. But, yeah, it's not really my preferred... Um, it it's probably going to end up doing well because that's yeah. hockey. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it's purely a uh, a move for the Florida game. Oh, you guys want to kind of transition over to that? The same thing there. Yeah. Where that's a bit more put together to stack up against probably the Matt Kachuk line. Yeah, I think you're going to see Nico's line match up against Kachuk's line. Which makes sense. Let me pull up their lines really quick. 
I think it's uh well it was Kachuk, Bennett, Reinhardt. I think it's Bennett's Kachuk, out, right? Reinhardt and like Luosta Reinen or something. No, yeah, Bennett's out right now. So Yeah, so Sam Bennett's day to day. I can just run through their lines really quick. So it's Verhagen, Barkov, Rodriguez. Uh line two is Samuskevich, Luce Reinen, Kachuk. Line three, Nick Cousins, Anton Mundell, Sam Reinhardt. Ew. Line four, Lomberg, Stenland, Lorenz. And then on defense, Forslane, Ekman, Larson, Mikola, Kulikov, and then Mahura and Bolinskis. Bolinskis? I don't know. I hate, I hate, hate, hate their second line. I don't, I mean, Semiskevich is a rookie and he actually looks pretty good so far. I do think most Ryan's a bit underrated, but I'd probably swing up Lundell and Reinhardt yeah. to play with Kachuk. Load up the top six. What is, like, I don't know. I also love Evan Rodriguez playing first line and gave three points against the Jets. He's yeah. so good. I love Rodriguez. Love you, Rod. But yeah, so probably the Nico line. Um, the way they have it matched up, maybe you see Nico's line against the Barkov line, and then you maybe match Jack up against Lusterine and Semiskevich, like two younger guys who can you can maybe get them playing more defense if they're going to play Kachuk. That could be something that could work out pretty well. Um, and that third line is so good. Yeah, their third line is unreal, but I really, I can't get over how much I hate that second line. Yeah, and uh, they have Bennett out, and then, I mean, I don't think Hornquist is in their plans. He might be LTIR, but he's also out. Right. And then obviously Ekblad and Montour from their cup run are out, but that's relevant to the conversation right now. And their goaltending has been dog. Yeah, they're. Go- I mean, they had they got a good start out of. Bobr- I don't know who they're, they're gonna face. Bobrovsky, I think, had both starts in Minnesota and in Winnipeg. They yeah. won Winnipeg. They won Winnipeg last night, and I assume they traveled today. So maybe you get Stolarz. It's their the third and final game to start the season off on the road. So maybe you catch them. I mean, is Knight in the maybe- AHL? Uh, yeah, I think he's like oh, conditioning he- or something. Conditioning yeah. type thing. Yeah, because he was oh. on. Right. Yeah, relief or whatever last year, but right. I maybe it's gonna be Stolars. I mean, you know, it's gonna I, be funny. What? Uh, Nico Timo line is gonna have again a negative expected goal share, but they're gonna mostly neutralize the Kachuk line. We're gonna I end think... up winning the game, and people are gonna be pissed at Nico and Timo. No, see, that's where you gotta be like. You got it's gotta be give and take. It's like if they do their job well enough that you like neutralize them like yes you want them scoring but you have to remember like who nico is and like the reputation he now has it's like being a sucky guy and then timo is more than capable of i wouldn't say shutting down but driving play the opposite direction getting the other team to play defense i don't know if they're like 45 percent or higher i'm probably pretty happy about that i don't even know if they i don't i don't think they match up against like a truck line Considering who else is on it, I I feel like they have to match oh, up against but, Barkov or Reinhardt. Right, I think. Well, I I would hope it'd be Barkov because Verhage Barkov because it's more than capable yeah. of ruining your day because yeah. they almost did that to uh, Winnipeg last night. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the way they go. And then Leinster and four for the sake of the conversation, we don't have to talk about them, but they probably have the slight advantage against ours. Cousins, Lindell, Reinhardt. I'd say so. Um, but the question mark, I don't know. I didn't see line rushes this morning, but maybe you get Stolars because he hasn't played yet, and I don't know their schedule, but they haven't had their home opener yet, so they're going to be flying back to Florida, I'm assuming, after the game, and they probably mm-hmm. don't want him going cold into the weekend. So 
maybe you get Stolarz, uh tired team, end, end of a road trip to start the season. Maybe they maybe they look ahead to their home opener, so maybe you can catch them on a bad day. But they have been good underlying. That's kind of the theme from last year too. They've been they were good all season last year in terms of like the underlines, expected goals, all that stuff. And they just snuck into the playoffs and they kind of got the negative regression to get to the cup. But it's kind of it's kind of seemingly more of the same this year with expected results aren't matching the actual results so far. Yeah. Because I know they completely outplay Minnesota and lost. So. No, oh, yeah, it wasn't even close either. Uh-huh. No, I think Gustafson had like a 40-something same shutout. So. Yeah. If you're going to be asking, I think probably going to check starting tomorrow. If you're going to ask him to do that again, I don't know if it's going to go so well. So, right. Okay. Do we want to do? Do you want to do predictions? First goal score or anything? Um, I don't know. I'll just I'll assume that he keeps rolling. I'm going to say Jack gets the first goal. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go holds. I think he's going to get one. Ooh. Finally. Yeah, I mean, Jack's the boring answer. I'm just going to keep saying the guy till it happens to Foley. He's, we didn't, we, we didn't really like my, uh, scope in on him, but I thought he had a strong two games as well. He got, I think he has two assists to start the year. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be kind it's of blending funny. together well. He, he, uh, there's one more, there's another topic I want to touch on before we wrap up. Um, but I'm going to predictions real quick. Um, I don't feel like when I'm watching again, one home, one or one at the game, one at home. So I'm not, fully trusting my eye test too much uh, for half of this, but doesn't feel like he's doing a whole ton out there, but he doesn't need to when he's when he's with Jack and Brett. Uh, but he has set up a couple nice passes and has been the trigger man for a few. He, they just haven't gone in for him. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's had a few good shots. Uh, it's I actually think it was one of his... Um, Least likely to have actually gone in, but the fact he got the shot off was actually very impressive to me. Um, it was in the Coyotes game. Jack basically had a pass from behind the net to him, uh, slightly out of the slot between like the slot and the faceoff dot, and it um, almost locked him up because it came in a lot tighter than he naturally would shoot from. But he still was able to get lift high glove side on the shot. Just didn't get enough on it because of how locked up it made him. But he still got like. He still got elevation, and it would have gone in if the goalie, you know, didn't get the glove on it. But right. I don't think there's many other guys on this team that would have even gotten that shot away. Yeah, he feels like a more offensively inclined, supercharged version of Pilat to me, at least. I was gonna say he just seems like a matured Mercer. Really, I was gonna say a matured Holtz. <laughs> All over the shop there. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't see that dog in him like I do with Mercer, you know. Well, he's got Doesn't less have... of he's got less of a motor, but I feel like the shot's pretty similar. Uh, one last thing I do want to touch yeah. on, um, if you guys don't have anything else, uh, the power play units. We got this fairly unique setup, the quote unquote one A one B. Before I give my ramble, what what do you guys think? Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I think, I, I, think, yeah. I think they swapped in unless I, it, because of the one A one B. I don't even know if it's, it was the second or the first pairing, but uh, swapping Dougie in, I think it was late and or midway through the Coyotes game. I think I don't know if he's on the power play with Jack and Brad, but the fact that they put him on because of a more of a shoot first mentality, 
that that seemingly I think how they're going to go about things. If they want to move the puck around a little bit more, it's going to be Luke with the top guys. If not, it's going to be Dougie because Dougie has more of a shot than Luke does. Clearly, I thought but that was I, only the five on three. Maybe it was. There was way too. There were way too many power plays to keep track of that in that Coyote in, in that Coyotes game. That game was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing i feel like the nhl has been just calling more penalties in all of their games okay like no, so they did, they did rotate this, the yeah. season always starts out like this it always starts out with a lot more calls and then they taper off as the year to go on, uh the year goes on uh the five on three in my opinion was our like true top power play unit yeah. that was that was nico jack brat to foley dougie uh but the yeah. actual like in-game five-on-four units they've been using are Jack, Brat, Luke, Palat to Foley, and then Nico, Holtz, Timo, Mercer, Dougie. Yep. Yeah, I have no problem with those. Um, it's kind of a weird little thing that we're doing, but again, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's it's humming. It looks yeah. great. I mean, my complaint would be I think Palat looks like the obvious. Um, out of place guy on his unit. I think you'd replace him with Nico or Timo and it probably would fire better. Luke's been dynamo, but Dougie, I think, I mean, they both, I, it's so hard to go between Luke or Dougie. I think they both have looked super legit on the power play, but Dougie's shot has definitely looked more threatening, uh, obviously. Um, but my, if I had to nitpick anything about it, well, my biggest thing I've been on is just load up the top unit, please, and do a more traditional power play setup, in my opinion. But if you got to do the split squad thing, if you truly want to try the split squad thing, I would split up Jack and Brett as asinine as that would be to say. I just don't think that second unit, if you if you have to try this 1A, 1B setup, again, I think Jack Brett should be on the top unit with somebody that's not Palat, whether that's Nico or Timo. Um, but if you have to do the split setup, those are your two automatic entry guys. And that second unit has struggled with entry and setup. That's and the thing. Nico, to jump to your what you said earlier, they've just let Timo do it then. Sure, but they, I actually feel like that's the one area that they have tried to do it in, and it has not been as effective. Holtz, Holtz did it a couple of times, and he yeah. did a pretty good job. I think He's I would be more it. inclined to switch Hamilton and Luke. That's the way I would go because I don't think you can split up Jack and Brad and let Luke just, be they, the entry just, guy. Yeah, they just look too good together. Yeah, that might sure. be a hot and take, then, but honestly, that like again, sure, I would say do that. Switch Luke and Dougie, and then switch Palat with one of Nico or Timo, probably Nico, and just run the top power play unit. Yeah, yeah, do Polar Rangers and just pull, have them out there for the full two minutes. Yes. Yeah. Or don't even. If, Honestly, I'm actually fine if they were to do it for like a minute 15 and then that second unit goes out because then your second unit is Luke, Mercer, Holtz, Timo, Palat, or Hola, or whoever you want, whatever, you know, face-off situation. But yeah, what, I mean, it's cooking now, it's scoring, so they're not going to change anything. But when it eventually seems to run into some sort of snag, that's what you should do. I mean, yeah. that's the beauty about the talent on the team. If it's if it's like slightly busted, there's enough talent to just be like, okay, let's like switch one or two things and attack the production drop off or expected productive production drop off. It's not going to be different or right. too crazy. Right. So right. Yeah, no, I, I got nothing else. That's my rambles. Um, last thing I just want to touch on because that is something I mentioned the preseason. Uh, penalty kill looks not great. Brian Graves. Brian Graves is actually sorely sorely missed. Um. Oh. I'm sure it'll fix itself out. I'm sure they'll find a pairing that works, but currently, not great. 
Yeah, I, I think it needs to be touched up. Um, yep. I don't really know what they would do other than a systemic change. Um, Honestly, really, it's been the uh, just getting the puck out of the zone. I actually feel like they've done really good at holding off strong chances for about a minute. But the problem is, is that entire minute, they are in the zone. Yeah, <laughs> And then they get really tired, which is going to happen. And then you kind of get picked apart. Yeah. If you get one clear in that minute, get fresh legs on, it probably ends up looking a bit better. But yeah, yeah, uh, that's really it. I think if you get the clears, it, it looks it looks a lot better. So I'm not going to go too crazy on it until we get a bit more sample size. That's probably fair. Two games is hard to go off of. Yeah, I just felt like it needed to be said because it is uh, it is something I'm watching. So that's okay. it for me, boys. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think good. this is a good place to wrap it up. Dub tomorrow. Dub yep, tomorrow. So... Hopefully, five, five, two, and then we'll be back on Wednesday recapping the game tomorrow, and then the upcoming game at Salander. So, with the girls' side for today. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Better boys. Deuces.